Thank you for listening to this week's message from Gateway City Church. For more information about Gateway City, check us out online at gatewaycitychurch.co. We hope you enjoy today's message. Well, good morning, Gateway City Church. You doing all right today? Come on out. We, uh, listen, it's Sunday. We are here together. You should, listen, Adams County's been on spring break. You should be feeling good. Unless you're like me, and you're, my kids went on spring break last week, so they were back in school this week, so I'm probably feeling a lot better than those of you that have had to deal with your kids all week long. And so, but, uh, but it is, it's great to see you guys here today. Thank you so much for being here at Gateway City Church. Uh, my name is Will, and I, along with uh, my wife, Suzanne, we have the, the great privilege and honor of pastoring this church, and, and so we are really, really excited that you're here today. As you heard Hannah mention, we are, we're in, a, we're in the middle of a series, we're in the second week of a series that we call, we call fill in the blank. Uh, we, we believe that just like, man, life, life is full of blanks that need to be filled in, uh, questions that need to be answered, decisions that you and I have to make, and so, and so and it's all about discovering God's will for your life, and so we're glad that you're here as we continue in this series, and, and I, think, I think that if, if I was, I mean, if, if, if I'm right, uh, how many of you would say that like you you want God's will for your life? You would like to know God's will for just you can listen. You can participate. Like this isn't a monologue. This is a conversation. You can talk back to me, preach it, say that you talking right. Preach it, white boy. I I I'll, I'll holler back to anything. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But everybody wants to know God's will for your life. And like I would love it. I'll truth be told, I would love it if God. Wouldn't it be great if God would just kind of roll around with you personally? And you could just ask him, hey, God, like, what do, you, what do you think I should do right now? Just looking over in your passenger seat or at the matching recliner in your living room. He's just sitting right there. Well, you know, I think you ought to just do this. But, you know, and, and while we can have a relationship with God, it might not look like that. But, but I do want to help you through over the course of this series really learn how you can actually hear God's voice and discover what, what his will for your life is. And last week we, last week we talked about a question question that you really need to ask in regard to in regard to first understanding and discovering what God's will for your life is. And and we talked about a question that just simply says, God, what do you want me to do? And we and we really determined that that was really the wrong question that we need to ask. And the question that we need to ask rather than God, what do you want me to do is is Lord, who do you want me to become? Because the world, will, the world gives you honor and the world applauds you based on what you do, but God gives honor based on who you are and who you're becoming. You see, I could get, I could get really excited. I could get really excited about meeting you and talking to you based on things that you've done, based on your accomplishments. Maybe if you were, I don't know, maybe if you were a professional athlete, maybe if you were uh, a famous musician or an actor. Maybe, I don't, maybe, maybe you're the CEO of a, of a Fortune 500 company. I could get really excited about meeting you, and I could, I could be really impressed with the things that you've done. I'd also invite you to our church because your tithe check wouldn't hurt if you're that person. But, but see, the thing is, though, you can, you can do all of those things. You can accomplish all of those things, and people can be impressed with what you've done, and they can be impressed to meet you, but... You can still do all of those things and have accomplished all of those things and still be as broken as any person has ever been. Because, because who you are is so much more valuable than, than what you do. God honors 
in the kingdom of God, God honors, God honors who, you, who you are more than, more than what you do. And it's important for you and I to realize just simply this, this, this fact. This fact is that our identity is received, not achieved. Our identity, who we are, it's received, it's not achieved. Now notice I didn't say that your identity is necessarily received by God. It should be. God created you, he made you, breathed life into you, set you free, gave you purpose. Our identity needs to come from him, but, but truth be told, our identity often comes from the person who we allow to have the loudest voice in our life. Well, whoever you allow to speak into your life the loudest, that's typically who we receive our identity from. Grow, growing up, did, any, did anybody in here ever have, uh, did anybody, did you ever, anybody ever give you a nickname? Anybody, nobody, just me? You may have a nickname? Uh, may, maybe even a nickname you didn't like. You didn't like to be called this nickname. Uh, and you don't really think, you can't really identify anything you did to get this nickname. It wasn't something that you, it was just something that people, I, I had a nickname when I was growing up. My dad gave it to me. I didn't deserve it. I didn't do anything to earn it. I just think one day he decided he was going to call me this. Booger. Booger is what my dad decided to call me. I didn't do anything to deserve that nickname. I think just one day he decided he was just going to start calling me Booger. And my dad called me this all the time in front of anyone and everyone, no matter where we were. And, you know, two, three, four years old, you know, you don't, you don't care. You don't even know. You don't even realize it. But I can promise you, when you're 14, you're the quarterback for the junior varsity football team, and your cheerleader girlfriend is on the sidelines, Booger becomes a problem. It is it has run its course. Booger becomes an issue. And and what was crazy is I in the middle of a football game, and if you've ever played sports, you'll know what I'm talking about. In the middle of a game, crowd screaming and that kind of stuff, I never heard any of it. I never heard any of it. I was just focused on what I had to do, the play at hand, whatever it was. I couldn't hear the crowd. But the moment my dad yelled, Go Booger! I, it was like we were the only two people on the field. And I could hear it just from the stands, like, like, it, like he was just standing right beside me. And, and I remember literally after one of my football games, I walked up to my dad and I said, Dad, you and I, we got to have a heart-to-heart, -heart, man. You, you have got to stop calling me booger. And he said, why? It's a real simple answer. I said, that's not my name. Well, what do you want me to call you? I want you to call me Will. That's my name. Call me by my name. And my, my dad was like, very well, son, from this day forward, thou shalt be called. He didn't say it like that. He just said, fine, I'll call you Will. And he did. He never called me Booger again. Thank God. Never called me Booger again. And because, see, here's the deal. Whenever you know who you are, whenever you know who you are, you don't have to settle for the names that other people give you. See, whenever, whenever you know who you are, whenever you have a relationship with God and you know who you are, the world can call you broken, the, wall, the world can call you hurting, the world can call you a mistake, it can call you lost without any hope, it can call, it can call you whatever it wants to you. But, 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 then, but if you've got a relationship with God, God is standing on the other side of those, those statements and that is not who they are. That's not their name. I know who they are. I created them. I made them. I set them free. I gave them purpose. I know who they are. I know their name. You, you gotta, you've got you've to be really, really careful who you allow to speak into your life. 
Because, because good or bad, if someone calls you something or they identify you as something, sooner or later, if you hear it enough, good or bad, you will begin to take on who they said you were as your identity. Our identity is received, it's not achieved. And the power of suggestion, it cannot be overstated. Has anybody ever heard of a lady named Cheryl Pruitt? Anybody ever heard of Cheryl Pruitt? Not, not many people have. Cheryl Pruitt was, uh, she, was a, she actually grew up in the, in the 60s and the 70s. And, and Cheryl Pruitt, at the age of 11, she was in a really, in a really terrible car accident. And, 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 actually, and actually, she was thrown through the windshield of the car that she was riding in. Leg was crushed, and it took, it took over 200 stitches to repair the damage to her face from going through the windshield. And while she was recovering, she would sit, most afternoons, she would sit at her dad's little five-and-dime store, little convenience store, and, and she would just sit there. And, um, and every week, every week, uh, there was a, the, uh, their, their milkman would make a delivery, and he would deliver milk to the store. And every time the milkman showed up to this store, he would see Cheryl, and he would never, he would never call her by her name. He would just walk up to her and say, how's, how's Little Miss America doing today? And she would laugh, and she would giggle, you know, kind of embarrassed and everything. And, and every week, this is what he would call, this is what he would say, how's Little Miss America doing today? How's Little Miss America doing today? Like for, for all the while while she was growing up. And then, and then over time, over time, these words that this man was speaking over her, it began to develop a dream in her heart. And... And in 1980, Cheryl Pruitt, her dream was realized, and she was actually crowned Miss America in 1980. And whenever she got up to give her acceptance speech, she thanked God, she thanked her, her mom, she thanked her dad, and she thanked the milkman. It's kind of weird, but she thanked the milkman. And so you you got to be really, really careful who, who you allow to speak into your life. Because the one thing that the enemy wants to rob from you more than he wants to rob anything else, he wants to rob you of identi identity. Because if he can get to question, if he can get you to question who you are, he holds all the power in your life. But whenever you know who you are, whenever you know who you are, you 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 have you have to you 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 know you know you know who you are. You know your identity. You don't have to settle for the names that other people call you. See, no one has the right to name you unless they made you. And so who you are comes from your creator. It comes from, it comes from our heavenly father. And, he, and, he, and, 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 and in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, we've read this passage of scripture the last couple of weeks. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For, you, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. It says that, says that, says that we, are, we are created by God. We are his workmanship. Other translations say that we are his masterpiece. And we're created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God has prepared in advance for us to do. And we should walk in them. That word should in the Greek language, which is the original language of the, the New Testament was written in, it actually means decision. And so it means that God's, all of the hopes and the dreams that God has prepared for you, all, it's all there. It's all ready for the taking. You just, but you have a decision to make. You actually have a choice as to whether or not you are going to do the things that God has called you to do or not. You have a choice to make. You have a decision that you make based on, 
based on, on what God has called you to do. And my prayer is that throughout this series is that you would actually allow God to speak into your life, that you would listen to, to what he's calling you to do, who he's calling you to be. Last week we, we talked about, we, we posed this question and we said the question that we really need to be asking first and foremost in order to discover who God, in, in order to discover God's will for our life is God, who do you want me to become? Because who I am becoming, more importantly than what I do, is it's, it's what defines my life. And this week, I just want to pose this question to you. This is a question I want you to ask this week. It's simply, it's simply, what do I want? What do I want? Turn to the person next to you and say, what do I want? And then you can look back at them and say, I have no idea. But what do I want? It's an important question. What do I want is an, is an, is an important question. Now the, now, the answer to this question, to like, what do I want? It should be, Lord, I want whatever you want for me. That's what the answer should be. Lord, I want whatever you want for me. Proverbs 3, 6 through 7, it says, Seek God's will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Do not be impressed with your own wisdom. God says, like, you're not as smart as you think you are. But don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Uh, the disciples that followed Jesus, I think they understood this to a degree. In Luke chapter 11, they, they asked him a question. And, you know, they, they followed Jesus. They saw all the amazing things that he did and, and, and the things that he taught. And, they, you know, they, they could have asked Jesus anything. I mean, they could have, Jesus, can you teach us? I mean, teach us how to walk on water. You know, why? Because it's awesome. You know, or, or, or maybe, or like, Jesus, could you teach us how to turn water into wine? Why? So we'll always be invited to the party. I mean, like, Simon Peter, what you bringing to the party? I'm bringing me a case of Dasani water, but don't you worry. I'm about to turn it into something else. I mean, like, don't laugh, don't laugh at that. That's ridiculous. I shouldn't have said that. It's ridiculous. But, but, it's, but, but, whenever, whenever, but instead of asking Jesus, like, all, they just said, can you teach us how to pray? Because they recognized the relationship that Jesus had with God, and they recognized how God guided him and how God led him through his life, and they wanted that same relationship. They wanted, they wanted what God wanted for their life more importantly than what they wanted. They wanted to learn how to have the relationship with God that they saw Jesus having so they could know what it is that they were led to do, what they were called to do. What do I want is an important question. It's a really important question because at the core of what I want, It'll uncover who I am. You want to know who you really are? Identify the things that you want. And, and, I, and listen, and I'm sure that we would all say like, that we want, like, I, everything that you probably would say that you want, they're all probably really good things. You know, nobody in here just wants anything that's bad. I mean, we all probably want comfort. We want security. You know, we want a good job. We want a good marriage, a good family, good relationship with our kids. Uh, good friendships, and those are all good things. Not one of those things is 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 a bad thing. But 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 whenever you get to the heart of what you want, when you get to the heart of what you want, that's that's what uncovers. That's what uncovers really just the core of really just who you are. What do I want? It's an important question. My wife and I we've defined this question anytime we argue. And yes, my wife and I we argue. Not gonna try to pretend that our marriage is. I'm now listen. Our marriage is amazing, but I'm not gonna pretend that it's perfect. I mean, sometimes she just has problems. It it just is what it is. She's helping in kids ministry today, so I can say that. But 
but no, like, but, but you, you have to define that question. So you see, instead of, instead of saying, instead of in, in an argument or a disagreement, instead of saying, like, what's wrong with you? The question we need to ask is, is, is what do I want? What do I want out of, out of this argument? And you know what I've discovered? Because if you, listen, if you can get to the heart of what you want in an argument, you can just skip past the thing that you think the argument's really about, and you can actually go ahead and just get to the issue behind the issue, solve the problem, move on. And, but you know, but but here's the what I've discovered. Anytime I really ask it, like, what do I want in in this? You know what, like, you know what I've discovered that the answer to that question is a lot of times one of the answers anyway is is the answer to the question of what do I want is I want my way. I want my way. The reason I'm frustrated, the reason I'm mad, the reason I'm upset is because I want my way, and I'm not getting it. If, listen, if you and you and you and you would just do what I want you to do, we'd be fine. We'd be fine. But 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 I but I've learned but I've learned that I've learned that if you always insist on getting your way, the least likely you are to actually get what you want. If, if I always demanded my way in my in my in my in my marriage. With Suzanne, I would not have a peaceful home. And if you always de- if you always demanded your way in every friendship and every relationship that you have, what you're going to do is you're going to push people away, people that you love and that you actually want to spend time with, people that actually love you. You're actually going to push those people away more than you're going to draw them in because you're so difficult to be around. You 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 get you like like it's, I I want I want my way I want what I want what I want I want what I want and if we always insist on getting our way getting our way we're we're actually often guilty of just getting in our way we're guilty of getting in our way another another one of the questions another one of the answers to the question of, of what do I want. Is is and listen. Whether you've said it this way out loud or not, it's probably come across this way. I want to do what I want to do. I want to do what I want to do. You can't make me do anything that I don't want to do. And I'll admit, to a degree, you're right. We all reach a point. We all reach an age where where nobody can actually make you do anything. I, I, I deal with this with my kids all the time. Do I have to? Do I have to? Do I have to? Do that with my kids all the time. And, and finally, like my boys, they're 12 and they're 10, and, and like, you know, they've kind of gotten to the age where, like, what, I, you know, like, I, I can't necessarily make them. And so, like, I, I, my answer to a lot of this stuff is like, no, you don't have to. Like, you don't, you don't have to brush your hair. You don't have to take a shower. You don't have to brush your teeth. You don't have to. Can't make you do those things. But while I can't make you do that, I can keep you from doing other things. And maybe this is bad parenting, but this is when I explain to them what prison's all about. It may be, like I said, that may, it may be bad. But, like, but see, but really, really, but prison, that's what, prison is, prison is a place where people go and we keep them from doing things because they ultimately decided that, that nobody could tell them what to do and they did what they wanted to do. And if you always do what you want to do, you're going to end up in places you don't want to be. You will. If you always do what you want to do, you will end up in places that you don't want to be. 
And see, what I'm trying to get you, what, what I really want you to understand is that there are scenarios and there are situations that, when it, that you can get what you want only to realize once you get it, it's not actually what you wanted. It's not what you thought it was. It's not what you thought it was going to be. And you got what you wanted, but only to realize that it's not really what I want. I mean, like we, we can all tell a story of we can all tell a story of a time that we got something that we really, really wanted, and only to only to discover that after a little while we discover, oh man, this isn't this isn't what I wanted at all. And anybody been shopping? Ladies got you an outfit, looked good in the store, got home. Got home, put it on, looked in the mirror, and like, uh, this is not what I bought. This is not what I wanted. It look, what's wrong with my, you know, it's the mirror's problem. And like, we've all, that, that pair of shoes that you just had to have, the two hours into wearing them next to people are wondering, like, where are you, like, you walking around barefooted. Like, where are your shoes at? I hurt my feet. My wife is, my, last week, my wife. My wife was wearing shoes on this stage when she was hosting the service. That is not what she walked in here in to set this church up that morning. She just put that on for show, and as soon as the service was over, she took those shoes off, put on some tennis shoes. That's what I'm, I'm like. They're like, listen, and listen, I feel this way as a parent, as a parent. Whenever, like, whenever my wife and I decided that we wanted to become parents and we wanted to have our first kid, and we were all excited, we want to be parents, we want to be parents. They gave, we mean, we had a, we had a son. Brought him home. What nobody told me is that every time I went to change his diaper and I lifted up, nobody told me he's going to pee on me every time. This is not what I signed up for. This is not what I wanted. Every time I changed my son's diaper, getting just, he's just peeing on me. Like, what is that about? I, I almost took him back to the hospital, told him to fix him because he, he sprung a leak or something. But, I mean, like that is not at all what I wanted. But, well, but what about... And, that's just, and those are just ridiculous stories and examples and everything. But, but what about what about the job? That, what about the new job you just had to have so that you could make more money, just so you could buy the car you wanted, only to realize that a year into that new job, you hated your new job because it kept you from spending time with people that you loved and it kept you from spending time with your family and doing the things that you actually wanted to do, but you're stuck in it now because you're only 12 months into making car payments and you got 48 more to go. What, what, about, what about the relationship that, you, that, you, that you're in now with, with that guy or with that girl? Not really the person that you, you, you really want to be with, they're not really the type of person that you really want to be with, but it was better than being alone. And now you're stuck in a relationship where it, you, you don't feel complete, you don't feel whole. Really, truth be told, you feel, you feel alone and you feel isolated more than you ever have before. See, very, very real scenarios that we could all find ourselves in. Maybe you've experienced that. Very real scenarios where you thought you got what you thought you wanted only to realize, man, this isn't what I want. This isn't what I want at all. And so it, we find ourselves in situations that, that we thought we, we get what we think we want only to realize that, man, once we got it, it's not what I want. 
James 4, verses 1 through 3. This is what James, the, the brother of Jesus, actually says. He says, what is causing quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and you kill to get it. You're jealous for what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight. And you wage war to take it away from them, yet you don't have what you want because you don't, you don't ask God for it. And when you do ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. James is pointing out that so many of the problems that you and I face, so many of the dysfunctions that we deal with in our life and in this world all come from what we want. All come from our desires, all come from our wants and us, us getting what we want or, or not getting what we want. The reason that we have problems in this world, the reason that racism still exists, the reason that abuse takes place in this world, the reason marriages are falling apart left and right, it all comes from, it all comes from you and I wanting what we want, wanting our way, wanting to do what we want to do, or, or in getting what we want, or either not getting what we want. Which really brings me to really just the, the, the question, the bottom line of really what I want to share with you today is, is because there's actually a question that's behind the question. There's a question behind the question of what do I want that we have to get to the heart of. That's an even deeper question that you and I, we've got to realize it and we've got to answer it. And whether you realize it or not, your answer to the question of, of what, what I want what do I want? It's, 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 not, it's not actually the, the real, it's merely, it's merely just the surface level answer that covers up the real question that, that we've got to ask and that we've got to answer. And, and that question is, what do I really want? What do I really want? And I would be willing to go out on a limb and I would be willing to tell you that I, I, I know what you want. Because I, I want these things too. Now, see, at the heart of at the heart of at the heart of all of the wants that we have are, are really just are really just a few simple things. What do I really want? I want. I, I just I just want to be loved. I want to be loved. Everybody wants to be loved. Everybody wants to be like it's. it's it's why, it's, why, it's why we make decisions to enter into relationships and friendships that we know we ultimately don't need because we're desperate to find love. Everybody wants love. You want, you, you, you want, you want, to, you want, to, you want to feel loved. You want to give love. And you're, and you're, just, you're just dying. You're just dying to, 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 to be around people that you feel like you can get that from. And it doesn't matter who they are, what they do, or how many things in your life you have to compromise to get it. If I can just feel like I'm loved and like I'm wanted and like I'm appreciated, I'll do anything to do it. Another thing we want is, and I want this too, is we, we want joy. We want joy. Everybody wants joy. 
It's why we chase after, it's why we chase after positions and promotions. And it's why, it's why if you're on social media and you're on Instagram, it's why you put 35 hashtags after a stupid picture because you want more and more people to see it so they'll like it more and, and that validates you for some reason. But you see that, but in, 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 but that, that's, that's, but you're mistaking, you're mistaking joy for happiness. They're two different things. Happiness is a temporary emotion. Happiness comes and goes. Ha- happiness is a symptom of your circumstances, but joy is a product of your perspective. And whenever your joy comes from a relationship with Jesus, whenever your joy comes from a relationship with Jesus, then there's no situation, there's no circumstance, there's no one, no thing that can ever rob you of that joy. No matter if you're happy or sad, it doesn't matter. You can still approach your situation with joy because my situation and my circumstances do not dictate who I am or how I'm going to behave. It's my relationship with Jesus that's unchanging. It's my relationship with Him that, that my joy originates out of. We all want joy, and then and we all we all want we all want love. We all want joy, and I, we all want peace. Every one of us would love to just have peace from the things that create stress and anxiety and, and, and depression. Maybe you deal with all. Maybe you deal with one of those things. Maybe you deal with all three of them, and I'll guarantee, like you, you just want some peace. You want to be able to lay your head down at night and know that you're going to get a good night's rest because you don't have to stress or worry or be anxious over anything. And earlier I said that the 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 answer. The answer to the question of what do I want should ultimately be, Lord, I want whatever you want for me. And if and if below the surface level answers of what do I want, we uncover love and joy and peace. I've got good news for you. I've got good news for you. Whenever you strip away the service level answers and you uncover what we really desire, love, joy, peace, good news is whenever you uncover what you really want you'll actually discover it's the it's the very thing that God wants for you Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 it says but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives love joy peace and what God wants for you doesn't stop there see God always has more for you than you think he has Continuing to read in, in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, it says, but the Holy Spirit produces these kinds of fruit in our lives. It is whenever you have a relationship with God, whenever your identity comes from Him, His Spirit comes to live inside of you, and this is what, this is what pursuing a relationship with God. It says this is, this is the kind of fruit in our lives that, that it produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness and self-control you see whenever you get to whenever you get past the surface level question of what do I want and you uncover the real question of what do I really want I just I want I want to be loved and I, I want joy and I want peace you will uncover that the things that you really want are the things that God wants to provide for you it just requires a relationship with him in order to access it
Well, if, 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 if what I really want is what God wants for me, how do I get it? Really, really simple. Really simple. Spend, spend time reading God's word. Spend time reading God's word. Whenever you spend time reading God's word, it opens you up. It opens you up to God's will for your life. See, that this, like God's word, the Bible, it's not a book of destiny. It's a book of decisions. It's a book of decisions. Because earlier I told you, I told you that, that the word should was in the Greek language actually means decision. It means that you actually have a choice to make. You can choose whether or not. You can choose whether or not you are going to live out God's will for your life. You can choose whether or not you're going to have a relationship with Him. You can choose whether or not you're actually going to live a life that, that uncovers and discovers love and joy and peace and kindness, goodness, patience. You can, you can make the choice. In God's Word, whenever you spend time in God's Word, it, it, it reveals to you God's wisdom. Remember it said to lean into, lean into God's word for your life and not trust your own wisdom? Because any time I ever do the thing that I think is best, nine times out of ten, it's the wrong thing. Ask my wife, she'll tell you. Spend time reading his word. His word will unlock his will for your life. And it will guide you in decisions that you need to make that are best for you, that are best for your family, that are best for your finances. Here's the, and the second thing is, is, is plant yourself in God's house. Plant yourself in God's house. Plant yourself in the church. Don't know a lot about Jesus? Get around some people that do. Don't know a lot about faith? Get around people that do. Don't know a lot about the Bible? Get around people that do. You don't know a lot about serving and using your gifts and your abilities. Get around people that do. And I promise you, whatever, whatever you lack in faith, you can lean on somebody else's faith until yours is strong enough to stand on its own. And then whenever your faith is strong enough to stand on its own, you can be the, you can be the faith that other people lean on. Get around people that do. Psalm 92. Verses 12 through 13, it says, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, where planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. God wants your life to be more than what it has been. Well, you don't know me. You don't know everything I've done. I don't care. God has more for you. God has more for you. And whenever you get what you want out of the way and you step into what God wants for you, watch God do in your life and through your life immeasurably more than anything you could ever ask, think, or imagine. But you've got to plant yourself in relationships that will lead you into a place where you're growing in your faith, learning how to become the person that God has called you to be. And you've got to plant yourself in a church where you can begin to, to, to be in a community and be in relationships and, and use your gifts and use your abilities so, why, so that your life could flourish. You see, whenever you're holding on to your life tightly, 
You want control of everything? You know what I've discovered? I've discovered the quickest way to choke the life out of something is to hold on to it tightly. But you want to watch something, you want to watch something be set free and grow and become everything that it could be? Let it go. Let it go. What you really want for your life, not the positions, not the promotions, not the followers, not the likes, not the retweets, what you really want for your life, I promise you, it is exactly what God wants for you. But what it takes to get it is a relationship with Him. And whenever you step into that relationship with Him, He will... He will in turn tell you who you are, remind you of who you are. You are, you, you are not what they've said about you. You are not the labels that you have been given. You are my son. You are my daughter. You are called. You have purpose. You are forgiven. You are loved. You have my joy inside of you overflowing. You sleep at night and you sleep at night in peace. Because it doesn't matter what's going on around you. You know who holds you. And watch this. Whenever we want, whenever, whenever we uncover the things that God really wants for us. Galatians 5, 25 to 26, it says, Since we're living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our life. And look at this. And look, look. This, this will end so many of our problems and so many of the situations and, and circumstances that we, that we face in this world. Whenever we allow God to, to awaken inside of us what he really wants for us in our lives, we, let us not become conceited. We won't be arrogant. We won't be proud. Because we'll recognize the only thing that we have to boast in is our Heavenly Father. Let's not, let's, let's, let's not provoke one another. It, it, it means, means we're going to settle some quarrels among us. Let's not be jealous of one another. Whenever, 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 whenever you, you step into a relationship with God and you uncover what he really wants for you and you discover that, man, that's what I really want for myself, that's whenever love and joy and peace and patience and kind, that's when it begins to be lived out in your life. It takes a relationship with him to begin it, though. So right now, just... Every head bowed, every eye closed. I just, I just simply want to ask you a question. What do you want? What, what, what do you really want? What do you really want? Because I promise you, the, what you really want, the key to uncovering it, the key to unlocking it, it's a relationship with, it's a relationship with God that can be accessed through placing your faith in Jesus. And so if you're here today, if you're here today, and you say, Will, that's exactly what I want. But I don't have the relationship with God that I need to have. So I really can't access those things. If that's you today, you can begin a relationship with God. You can begin just through placing your faith in Jesus just by simply saying, God, I want a relationship with you. And if that's you today, and if, if, if that's you, and that's the decision that you want to make today, is to begin a relationship with God by placing your faith in Jesus, 
you just nobody looking around, just, just let me know just by slipping up your hand. I just want to pray with you. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. You can, you can put your hand down. You can put your hand down. Now, right now, you made that decision. I just want to simply just lead you in a prayer. Nothing magical about the words. Bible just tells us, though, it just if we if we believe in our heart, we confess with our mouth. He's faithful and he's just to save us, to set us free. And, and just so that these, these people that made this decision, so they know that they're not alone in this, would you all just join me and just pray in this together? This is a Heavenly Father. Thank you for loving me. I give my life to you. And I ask you to make me brand new. Forgive me of my sin. Help me live the life that you've called me to live. I give my life to you. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can we put our hands together for everybody that made a decision to follow Jesus today, to give their life to Christ? Amen. Amen. Yeah.